Fairy tale friends, it's me, your old pal Santa Claus. I heard that you've been very good this year, so I've asked my friends Tara and Ryan to record a very special episode just for you. So grab your hot cocoa and cozy up by the fire. It's time for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. <laughs> Happy holidays, fairy tale friends. Uh, we are back. We are here for our final December. Mini tale, and we are doing 1994's The Santa Claus. Tim Allen starring role, his first big film performance, and we've talked about. You were also a Tim Allen home yes, improvement. Yes, we house. were definitely a home improvement household, and my friends, close friends, Jeremy, who I plug all the time on this podcast, and his sister Kelly, <laughs> yeah, uh, just plug I, I them as like good yeah, human beings. I don't beings. think it's plugging <laughs> if you're not like, unless you're like, <laughs> like they're good friends you they could be your friends too yeah fair enough <laughs> they're not uh, coffee plates. uh but uh i always mention them or <laughs> reference <you> <laughs> them i should say plug is not right uh but yes we were all home improvement households so i am sure we saw this in the theater i don't have like a vivid memory of seeing it in the theater but i would have been probably 10 or 11 years old depending on when this came out in 94 and so um I'm almost positive I saw it in the theater, uh, but it's still one that I love and I think it holds up. We decided after watching it that it holds up and we watched it a few years ago with your family mm-hmm. and I felt like then we felt the same way because at that point I hadn't seen it in years. I missed this part, but you guys also watched some of the sequels and I have not seen the sequels. I think I've seen part of Santa Claus 2, mm-hmm. uh, but I after that, I don't remember a lot of the it. The Mrs. Claus. Is that... I think because it's you have to get married because I just remember distinctly from the trailer him looking getting an even bigger um, magnifying glass to look at even the smaller print and then a shot of him going I've got to get married like it's like the worst possible thing that could happen yeah yeah I I I think I've seen it but I I don't have strong memories like I do with the first one I I mean the second one like how many years later is it it's a while later. It comes because the kid's older, right? It's 2002, so it's like eight years later. Yeah, the uh, is that right? Yeah. The other thing that I found interesting is Mrs. Doubtfire comes out the year before, so you have Mm -hmm. similar plot points of you know a divorced family uh, where the mom has the custody of the kids, and you know what the challenges the dad faces, the challenges the other parent who doesn't have custody and what now, they face and how they get creative with seeing the kid. Not the same story, right. but similar themes. I also earlier said, we, we recorded a little bit earlier and then uh, are re-recording, um, that that it's, it's both movies about divorced dads who have to go through a fantastical experience. And you pointed out to me that all robin williams does is just dress up as an yeah, older it's not woman. magic like this is actually santa magic like right. robin williams just finds another way to be with his kids in hindsight i think that's more of my comment on the wonderful makeup job and of how his he brother encompass- right it's uh, his well, brother in the movie right let us pray yeah. yes harvey firestein yes. no, this is not a mrs doubtfire but uh but i would gladly talk about that all day maybe one day but i do feel like it's such a good job that i honestly in my head thought and then he turns into a scottish maid and it's like no he just puts on yes <laughs> stuff yeah and the reason why it was reminiscent for me of mrs doubtfire not only the themes throughout both movies but also there's one part where the mom 
She's has not, a little bit of a Sally Field vibe when Sally Field mm. freaks out at the restaurant, but Sally Field is that performance is brilliant. I love when <laughs> she like loses it. It doesn't quite go that far in the Santa Claus, but it has like a moment of that. Yeah, not to knock Wendy Crossan, but uh, Sally Field, much yeah. better actress. I will also say she kind of her hair in this was something. It was, it was like very short, I guess cut. bob kind of, but yeah. then with these bangs that just. It was, that, I didn't mind it, but you seemed to not care but, for it. Well, I will say I feel like Sally Field has a similar haircut in Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, like a short a mom longer, haircut, but, but it's, it's, yeah, is pulled off better. Okay, again, we got to get off. I, I, for some reason now, I'm like, let's talk more about Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, <laughs> we loved this movie. So. Well, I mean, also, there is a character in both that's kind of like the new man that's that's come on the scene. Yes, yeah. And in this case, it's Judge Reinhold. So this is our second Judge Reinhold movie. And he's actually in the entire movie as, yes, a, as opposed as, to Gremlins. Uh, Neil. Uh, he, I, I enjoyed his performance in this for the most part. You had a couple issues with it. I didn't like it. and I mean, it's, <laughs> I had one issue. I didn't think it was good. <laughs> Until... The last bit when everyone else believes in Santa except for him, and f- that was the only time I really like felt for Neil. I was yeah. like, he is really like the only sane person in a crazy world. I mean, granted, he's wrong, like or it, vice it, versa. Right, he's but, the only crazy person in a sane. Like, it depends how you yeah, look at it, right? But he's the last one to come on to this, and that's the one time he's he's just like the mom doesn't believe and but there's other parts in this where i feel like they really go against him and i i wanted to bring something else i feel like i might have brought this up in other episodes um i had a friend i saw ant-man with who was a divorced dad Mm -hmm. and i remember afterwards he was like you know i really liked that movie because i don't know if i saw it with him or like him and i saw we talked about it we worked together so we saw in the cafeteria the next day and he was like i really liked it because at the end of the day it's about it's not it's about him getting along with his he has a good relationship with his daughter they come to a good relationship with his ex-wife and his ex-wife the new dad yeah and he's like you know that's hard like you know all the other movies i feel like it's like this movie like i and a lot of these divorced dad movies are feel like they're written by some bitter divorced dads who are like the new guy sucks and in that one ant-man it was a little more like he's a person too and like he's going to be a part of scott's new life so yeah he should you know he's the daughter likes him so it's fine and neil is kind of written i think a little bit of the old style of new dad where it's like this guy's moseying into my territory yeah but what i will say about this one is this is more about the relationship of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the father and son like like scott calvin tim allen's character and the son and being of the product of a divorce what i really like about it is it normalizes what divorce can look like are you saying as since you are a person, a, a child of divorced yeah, parents. Yeah, is okay. that not how I should have worded it? Well, you said a product of divorced parents. Parents and Tara, I want to tell you, you're more than just a product. You're a person. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> but that. I, was, I thought you meant the movie was a product. No, of the, like so I, I my, my, yes. me as an individual growing up with parents who mm-hmm. got divorced. Um, I, what I and this is another reason why I connect so much with Mrs. Doubtfire. Honestly, that the way that they show how that family evolves and adapts. Again, we got to get off. This I know, <laughs> but but I think that's what connects them in my mind and why I really yeah. like both of these movies so much is it normalizes what a divorced family can look like and how you can have all these different emotions and then kind of get to this common place. I don't even want to say happy, but like to where everyone feels a little bit better about the situation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't 
it doesn't give false hope to kids who come from a divorced household. Yes. There are a lot of movies out there that in the end, the divorced parents get back together. And I don't have the statistics, but I would imagine that's pretty low. I, I don't know. I, it'd be cur- I'm kind of curious to look it up. but It's only slightly less believable than... The divorced dad becoming Santa Claus. Before, what was the other one we talked about? Liar, liar. The, yeah, a, a, a curse being placed on someone to only tell the truth. Yeah, and then like, well, if we're going all the way crazy with that, they might as well have a divorced couple get back together. <laughs> yeah. So for me, that's something I like that there's no like false hope or false promise or there's it's never we never feel like Tim Allen is trying to get back with his wife or that she's trying to get back with him. It's more of all three of them, and Neil included, even though you don't feel his performance. I think it came across. I didn't feel Neil. You didn't feel Neil. I didn't feel Neil. I felt like all three of them had the best interests of the boy in their own way. They were all trying to care for the boy. Now, were they misguided? Some of them, yes. But I think that was the main goal, don't you think? Yes, I agree with that with the mom. I agree with that with Tim Allen. I, I think Neil just felt a little bit like a... Neil just felt like, it, like when he was, he, he just felt like he was just, like they were just taking it to uh, second, to stepdads and psychiatrists. This is a surprisingly anti-psychiatry movie. I mean, yeah, but I I saw it as Neil didn't really know how else to get through to him but to use his psychiatry. And that's something that obviously bothered Tim Allen because in the beginning of the movie, the boy talks about all the things he's learning from Neil. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even know that it's psychiatry that Tim Allen's against. He's against Neil. Neil happens to be a psychiatrist. If Neil was a contractor, yeah, he probably would have made jokes about construction, which would have been funny because he was home improvement. But I also think some of it is knowing what I know now about Tim Allen and he's kind of, yeah, yeah he might I, I'm be sure, anti-psychiatry. I'm sure that that, plays into it now but I don't think that I didn't feel that as strongly as you did I also want to point out that as a wonderful kind nice person sometimes you project your best intentions maybe onto characters that aren't necessarily written well like the ones who aren't mustache twirling villains sometimes you're like well they must mean well and it's like well no I just think they're badly written there there are points where I'm like oh god Neil but I didn't I still feel it got across what it needed to get across. It seems like you didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel Neil. Tara, we've talked enough about Mrs. Doubtfire. We talked enough <laughs> about Neil. Let's talk about, if you haven't seen this movie, the real quick synopsis is Steve, Steve Martin. What? Tim Allen, um, Santa Claus has an unfortunate accident on his house New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I am having a rough time. Mm. Christmas Eve. Tim Allen puts on the suit to finish the deliveries at night and finds out he has entered into a legal binding contract to become Santa Claus the next year. Yes, which you mentioned uh, messed with your mind on how to spell Santa Claus. Yes, this movie movie has destroyed how I spell Santa Claus. I always spell it this way, which is incorrect. As a legal contract. The the last line of a contract, yes. Mm Um, so that, that it's, it's basically how that affects his life, how that affects his attempts to become closer with his son, who he's having a hard time with until he does Christmas Eve with, and like that kind of helps him bind with the, you know, get close with his son. But then there's the whole, everyone else going, well, he's telling his son he's Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, on this, uh, even more so. So you were talking about how like you liked the mom's best intentions and stuff like that. And our big talk about Neil and what we thought with this. One of the things I really liked about this movie that I think it pulls off very well, because it is a very fantastical movie, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of times where they kind of 
push how it would really happen to the side for the benefit of the scene and the story they're trying to tell. I think they do a great job of being very earnest. Like everyone seems to be bought. No one's playing this like this is a goofy comedy. Yeah. And every they, they do really well by the characters. I think so. And I think the Santa magic of it all, which I, I wrote a couple notes down that I want to talk about. I think it explains that like we, we you were saying the rules they've created for this world with the Santa magic, it all makes sense mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't try to pin it down so much so you can poke holes yeah, in it. Yeah, specifically at the end of the divine day, it. It's a little broad. Yeah, yeah, it's broad. Like they go, well, how does Santa get in if there's not a, a chimney? They're like, a chimney appears. It's magic. Like there's a lot of yeah. stuff where it's like, yeah, it just does this. And then no one thinks like, well, how does it do it? They just go, it just does this. Yeah. Like there's a whole big thing. Like how does he get to millions of people a night? And the kid's like, I don't know, some kind of time continuum. And like, that's how I felt too. It's It's, it's like- well, if Santa's a magic man, why can't it just be like, well, he's in the cart, like time doesn't affect him. Yeah, well, the like, one... Oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine. It's just like, I like that, that they're like, well, it's magic. And it's it's this world where it's not like, well, we're going to try and define Santa by the, the rules of the real world. It's like, well, if we're going to say that a magical creature exists, we're just going to make everything magic and have like kind of like rules within there that are just yeah. like, well, he just does this. And he just does this. Mm. The other thing that you know, we we are a lover of Christmas movies mm-hmm. and holiday movies in general. And a lot of times it's the adults that need the Christmas spirit back, right? The kids believe, but the adults don't. And what I like in this, it goes back and forth. We start the story with somebody at school tells uh, Tim Allen's son that there is no Santa. Neil gives him the very logical approach yes. to Santa's more of a feeling than it is like actual reality. That upsets Tim Allen and so you know he talks with his son about it and then they go on this adventure to where he actually becomes Santa Claus his son rides in the sleigh has these very vivid memories Tim Allen thinks it's a dream when they woke up and now the son has gone the other way he went from no Santa's not real to so strongly believing in Santa that it starts scaring everyone Mm -hmm. because of how specific he is in the details and the only way he could have gotten those details is from Tim Allen is the assumption I also think this movie does a good job of there's it's not like this is the right character and those are the wrong characters yeah because like i get neil and his mom's like thing of like come on you need to realize this but also like tim allen's like let the kid have santa but at the same time you can tell tim allen's kind of like sure whatever you believe like like me like me i need you to like me And, and, and it's and it's in the first few minutes he's I don't want to say he's such a complex character because I don't think it's necessarily they were like, we're really going to write this complex character. But it's not just him going, hey, I'm... It's not he's a complete POS that becomes Santa, changes his life. It's like he's got good intentions for his kid. He's just not very good at it. He wants to make him this big turkey Christmas Eve dinner, which is more than he needs to take on, but like he he should take on and then it all burns. And then he's like, let's go to Denny's. I also I also feel like his kid is an afterthought a little bit. Yes. Like you would think that when they were in the house together, the mom probably took care of cooking and all of the things. And right. like if Tim Allen was late, it wasn't a big deal. Like we see him lying about all the traffic he's in. And you know, and it's it seems like you get an idea of what their marriage maybe was before they got divorced mm-hmm. because of how he reacts to that. And also there's a line that um what is his son's name in the movie? I can't think of it. I believe I want to say is 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 
I don't know why I Hold can't on. place his it name. Is Charlie. Charlie, that's I, it. I, I, I saw that before. Look, Eric Lloyd is uh, the name of the actor. But Charlie says something. I can't remember if it's at Denny's or if it's a little bit later, but he says, you never want to do the things I want to do. I you, think that's why in the Why is it everything I do want to do is stupid? It's stupid. And then he also says, you know, Tim Allen says something about why do you like Neil? And he says, Neil listens to me. Yeah. And so I think that's the piece of it, too. He truly doesn't know how to interact with his son. He's desperate to have his son's affection and love, but doesn't mm-hmm. really understand how to get there. But we love the Denny's at Dad. Denny's with Dad. So scene. it's it's he burns everything and he's looking for some places open, which is a funny little bit, too, because the first thing he goes to is an Italian restaurant, which is clearly the restaurant he always goes to. Yeah. And then he goes, sorry, I they. IMDb trailer for something is now playing. Excuse me. I was looking at IMDb to figure out something. Remind me to get back to Peter Boyle. We'll get to in a sec. Um, he's like, hey, Charlie, do you like Asabuco? Yeah. Do you know what Asabuco is? Do you remember that thing I tried to make you one time that you really oh, like? It was yes. like oxtail. I was like, no thanks. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, they're very flavorful, but fatty cuts of of meat. And not necessarily something a kid would want. No! Yeah. Kids, kids well, I, I here, I'm the, the kid who was like, we pulled up to Denny's. I'm like, I love I love Denny's. Mm-hmm. Did Denny's pay for this? It's so perfectly a Denny's because he's like, they go in, it's the middle of the night, um, and they, she, he, there's a, a lot of Japanese businessmen, which is a iffy scene, and she goes, you, I love when he walks in and she immediately is like, are you with the Hasatori party or whatever? He goes, no. And she's like, he's like, no, we burned the turkey. She's like, oh, this way. And then there's a yeah. section in the back where it's clearly all the other single dads who have screwed, who have burnt the meal. Yeah. One of them goes, or something misfortunate yeah. event and has happened. And they all nod at each other with this sad, like knowing look of like, like yep. we it's, know where you, we've been where you have, where you are. It's my favorite scene. I think of it a lot. And then he looks at one person and goes, did you burn the turkey? And they kind of like wave at him and their whole hand is bent. Yeah. Like they definitely were at the ER before they went to Denny's. And then he's like, we'll have some eggnog. And they're like, we're out of eggnog. And he's like, oh, chocolate milk, we're out of chocolate milk, regular milk. He's like, that's okay. We'll have some apple pie. We're out of that too. Like they're yeah. just out of everything. Um, we missed my favorite line in the movie this time, which I had a real hearty laugh to, and that's when uh, Charlie says, Neil says there's no such thing as Santa, and Tim Allen goes, well, Neil's head comes to a point, <laughs> which is such a weird insult. I think Tim Allen has a- excellent delivery as an actor. Yeah. Maybe not a lot of range, but like his comedic timing is really good. And I liked his inner, I liked the relationship between him and Charlie. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I liked good. his relationship with all the kids. So he does yeah. it first night and he's well, you we talked about first his classic dad look when he goes out to see his I on loved the roof. it. Yeah, I have it here in the notes. He's got like this jacket, well, snow boots and a and, and a pair of silk boxers. boxers. <laughs> like it's him great. coming out with like these like and he's like that for a while but he comes out and he goes hey what are you doing and this guy gets scared and falls off the roof and it's santa and you said in the last episode that he murdered santa he did not it was an accident if anything santa was clumsy involuntary manslaughter but i am curious how long that santa was santa for we never hear that uh, if he uh, no offense if but he if was, he's not able to maintain balance on that a was roof, my probably thought. not yeah that, long. that was my thought he uh but th- he does die. He falls off and then he kind of like, as they walk he away, like he does a little goodbye. wave goodbye and they come back and his clothes are still there like the Wicked and Witch. And he disappears, yeah. Um, this original script, so the first script they submitted was darker and then they went to Disney and Disney bought it and said, hey, we'll do this, but like, this is not an adult comedy. This is going to be a kid, yeah. more, of a, more of a family friendly thing, which I think they do a good job of making this interesting for adults and not 
too weird for kids because even though it is like Santa dies for some reason they're able to pull it off I think where it's not till you're older that you go he killed Santa or like Santa died on yeah. the front lawn yeah 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 um and it used to be he came out with a gun and shot Santa which and is the so kid's much like, worse you killed Santa and he goes well he shouldn't have been on my roof yeah and Dis- and Tim Allen was trying to sell it to Disney and they're like you can't kill Santa at the beginning of a Disney movie. He's like, why? You guys kill the parents all the time in your other movies. I mean, he has a good point with that. Yes. But uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the canoe conundrum. So we were talking about, yes. so on this first Christmas, he like gives a doll to a little girl. And we, I love that little girl. Sarah. That scene is so good. He yes. goes to visit her a year later when he's fully Santa. Well, well but, when he comes the first time, she's yes. like, why are you skinny? He's like, I'm working on my trans fats. Yeah. And she's like, well, why is your beard? I shaved. And he's getting like more and more annoyed. Like, I don't want to be doing this, whatever. She's like, here, drink your milk. He's like, I'm lactose intolerant. It gets like right in her face. Yeah. He's so good at this. And then, yeah, the next year he comes, he is so so kind kind. and gentle. And he's like, I think your milk went bad. And she's like, it's soy milk. He's like, she's like, you said you were lactose intolerant. He's like, I did say that. Thank you for remembering. Like, yeah, Tim Allen is Santa Claus. Like, I wonder if they reined him in. They're like, you can't be sarcastic. But like he's so genuinely kind and, like, and still earnest. funny. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it a bit. But the part where he's doing the interrogation, like what's your name? He's like Chris Kingle, Papa Noel. Yeah, Topo Rijo, and then like does a stupid little face. Yeah, like, it's still Tim Allen, but he's just like he goes from like I'm the worst possible person to be Santa to like put him on a Coke can. Like he looks yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. He is Santa. Well, and the other thing I like too with the scene with Sarah is we started thinking about that whole next year after he tells her he's lactose intolerant, what Sarah must have done to her parents yes. to get her to get soy milk. Because at that point, I feel like soy milk wasn't a thing. Like people it's who not, were allergic to it. You really work Yeah, people who were milk. allergic or lactose intolerant probably could find it. But now we have all these alternative milk options out there. So I just love the idea of Sarah being like, no, mom. I talked to Santa. This is what he said. And finally, you know, I, I, we're not parents, but I would imagine as a parent, there are some fights you just well, give into. And I feel like that's a real easy one to be like, fine, we'll just buy the soy milk. Like, <laughs> Well, because one of the things I think that's kind of a plus about the whole holiday season and having kids and, and setting out milk and cookies for Santa is if you have children listening, please take them out of the room. I'll give you a hard three count. <laughs> is that you as parents get to eat the cookies and milk. Mm. So if they're like, I think Santa wants soy milk, you're like, oh, come on, kid. <laughs> like, this is my this is my cheating on my diet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing is going back to the canoe conundrum is... The conundrum. Conundrum. He uses Santa magic throughout, and you had brought up something that was, well, how... Why don't the where do the parents wonder where these presents are coming yeah, from? Yeah, and it's like it's one thing to forget you bought a doll, you know, four months ago, but it's another he thing to forget you bought a canoe out of his bag and kind of a Mary Poppins bit. Yeah, and so my thought was, well, maybe part of the Santa magic is Santa makes the parents think they bought it, but it really came from Santa. Yeah, and I think there's like something to that. They never actually go into that, but well, the way Santa magic works, it would it feels like it fits. That's what I'm saying. They're leaving yeah. a lot of room for that sort of thing and mm-hmm. it's like maybe you just go oh yeah I, we did get you a canoe and then move on yeah. from there mm-hmm. I mean it's the same thing I think when he goes to the North Pole and they're seeing all the toys it's always in all Santa movies it's always like what are the elves building and it's like tin toys and like yeah. and no kid is ever like what I want for Christmas this year is a wooden <laughs> uh, rocking horse from 1935 like yeah. they want like a Nintendo yeah and it's so fun. I remember that when I was a kid which by the way that's a movie we haven't watched again this year eight, remember 8-Bit Christmas oh, yeah. last year? I like 
watched that. I think we might have talked about it, but check it out. It's a good movie. It's kind of like Christmas Story if you grew up in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Anyway, when when I was that age, like you were like asking Santa for a Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. So then my question was, does Santa like direct from Nintendo or do the elves know how to make Nintendo brand. I was thinking that as well. And like, if yeah. you were like, if you opened up one from Santa's Elf, would you be like, this is a fake? Like, would yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. like there's some little signature thing that the elves are doing? For- Anyways, that's the kind of stuff I used yeah. to think about. The other, but we'll never know because we don't know Santa. And but Santa has magic, kids. I'm really worried some kid's gonna come in here <laughs> talking about this. Well, the other, the other thing that I really liked about this and I'm vamping because I had a really good point and now I've lost it. Um can we talk can I talk about Peter Boyle for a minute? Peter Peter Boyle who pay, plays the dad the grandpa in Everybody Loves Raymond mm-hmm. and the monster from Young Frankenstein is in as his boss. What's interesting is he plays and I don't know what it is, but in Santa Claus 2 he comes back but he's like the new the new year's baby or like oh, the sandman cuz he's like one of the there's all the like council of immortals kind of thing like they did in the life and adventures of santa claus which mm. by the way we haven't talked about this but oh i remembered what it was i'm sorry it's so abrupt life and adventures of santa claus our youtube video that is basically just the episode yeah is weirdly getting a ton of comments this year i don't know hmm. why we're getting sent to someone but i will look up who else peter boyle is art lafleur is the, is the tooth fairy aisha tyler is mother nature kevin pollock is cupid there's the Easter Bunny, Sandman. I could have sworn he's in this. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, go go with what you were trying to say. Okay, so going back to the presence and like questioning, and you're like, well, you wouldn't question small things, but maybe big things. It made me think of Home Alone 2. They don't question where any of those presents came from. They just went ahead and opened them. Well, so I, I feel question like it's where those similar... presents come from at the <laughs> end because Mr. Duncan just snuck into their hotel. I know, without knowing where Kevin was staying. Yeah, he's, but... he's father time in... The Santa Claus 2 mm, <laughs> and, and 3. <laughs> it's weird. But, but yeah, I feel like it's another thing of like in a Christmas movie, like when presents appear, it's like no one questions where they're from, right? Well, that, that, that was just that kind of my family example. in Home Alone 2, I want to say, should be asking more questions in general. Like, where's <laughs> our son? Agreed. Well, we, we're, getting not, we're getting sidetracked here, but we watched it. We watch it every year. We watch both the Home Alone, Home Alone and then Home Alone 2. But... We got such a good laugh this year when we were like, they don't notice Kevin's missing again when he goes he to give the to turtle dove, turtle dove to the uh, pigeon lady. That's yeah. like literally what she's billed at, pigeon lady. She doesn't have a name. Yeah, he. he it's the third he's, time he's missing. They're all opening presents and no one knows he's gone. Yeah, he sneaks out all the time when he's teenage <laughs> years. Um, one thing I do want to add on top of that, this movie should easily become one of our Agreed. Yearly. In our rotation, I think for some yeah. reason it doesn't. But Just every had a time, blind spot, but every time yeah. I see it, I, I want to include it every yeah. year. I, 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 not to jump ahead in this, how much time have we been spending talking about this? Mostly about 20, 26 minutes. Mostly about uh, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> well, uh, I can take movies. it back to this. Yeah. Uh, we loved the fake belly when he's on the treadmill with the doctor oh, when yeah. he's gaining weight. It was a good prosthetic. Just it gained looked a little pretty weight. good. Does it just look like a little weight? Like yeah. his deliveries are so good. And his the whole bit with him, he shaves and then it grows back. Mm-hmm. That was another thing we were talking about. You were like, why doesn't he video it happening? And I'm like, I feel like it a, wouldn't happen until no one was looking. Yeah, it's got to be another Santa magic thing. Yeah. The other thing that blew my mind, because I guess I never truly thought about it, was... Bernard says you have to be back at Thanksgiving after the first 
year. <laughs> then the year goes by, and when he says goodbye to Charlie, I just assumed it was Christmas time because he's dressing in red and green, right? So yes. I assumed that it's Christmas time, but Bernard is eating a turkey leg at the house when he says goodbye to Charlie because they've they've determined custody should be awarded yeah. to the mom. And I didn't put in my brain, he doesn't come back till Christmas Eve, which means he has Charlie for a month. He is like so he full out kidnapped. Involuntary manslaughter and, and kidnapping of a minor. And then I will say at the end when he brings him back and the, the mom goes, I here's my, what was it? Here's the custody thing and throws in the fire. I'm like, First of all, it's weird that like you were ready to do that considering he kidnapped your son for I like I mean, she didn't go and get the papers. It's not like they were in her hand the whole time. She leaves and yeah. comes back. But I also think it's like, I was like, well, they certainly have copies of those at City Hall. I don't think Bernie, yeah. this is, these are more for your records than yeah, <laughs> the complete yeah. legal records. The other thing was when they go back with Charlie when he's kidnapped him, Charlie has all these ideas on how to make it safer so he doesn't. Santa or Tim Allen doesn't come to the same demise as the previous Santas have. So there's like ways in case he <laughs> He's falls. He's really nervous about falling off the roof. Yeah. I didn't put together like every time he goes like, what's keeping me on the roof? Yeah. And then like Comet just gets him a rope. Gets him a rope and it's like he just ties <laughs> and it. And he's like, thank you Comet. Yeah. But like they've got like a hot cocoa maker in the sleigh now and they have like a, a microphone radio thing and his hat so mm-hmm. like he can c- communicate with Judy who's one of the elves. Um, oh, let's talk about Judy here in a sec. But I also want to point out, binging with Babish has the hot Judy's cocoa? hot cocoa recipe. <gasps> so I have to post that. Yes. Um, Why have we not tried to make it? I, I don't know. Tara. Let's I'm try sorry. to make it on our vacation. Okay. Well, I'll take a look. It could be. He usually goes all out in his ingredients for the good things. That's so, fine. Um, Judy is like kind of the elf that when his first night kind of talks to him about like. I, f- I forgot. She. I don't know what, exactly what she says, but she's pretty much like all these kids believe in Santa. Like you, you need to do that. Like she kind of gives him a little come yeah. to Jesus talk. Yeah. And but she delivers him this cocoa, and she's like, "It's really good. I've been working on the recipe for twelve hundred years." And he goes, "Oh, you, you look great for your age." She goes, "Thanks, but I'm seeing someone rapping." Yeah. Which is like one of my second favorite lines. Really in the whole good. Thing. But she also is like, he drinks. He's like, "It's really good." She's like, "Not too hot, extra chocolate." And there's something else. There's like a third thing. That's there like, is a third thing. Anyway, we'll put that yeah. up, and 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 you guys will be able to make it for for your holiday season. Mm-hmm. The other elf I wanted to talk about, and then that's that's almost pretty much what I have here mm-hmm. was Quinton. I have two more elves I want to talk about. Quinton, who's t- doing all the gadgets and all the upgrades, and essentially he's Q from Double O Seven. Yes, he's, he's British too. Yeah. so I thought that was part of it. Um. Bernard, played by David Krumholtz. Uh, I really like Bernard great, a lot. Great, great career. Numbers. You ever see the show Numbers? No, but I heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a procedural, so I thought maybe you were into mm. it. Um, but he's Numbers. Oh, okay. J, J, Jonathan J- Numbers is his mm. name. That's not his name. It's like Bones. Like her name's <laughs> Got up. it. Yeah. Um, and except he has the most ill-advised wig I've ever seen. He, he's got yeah, this his hair's wig, not great. And they never change it. Apparently in the new show he comes back and he still has that stupid hair. And I'm like, please get a haircut, Bernard. Yeah. I'm begging you. And then there's the leader of Elfs, E-L-F-S. Oh, yes. Is is that a... Do we know the gender of that individual? No, I don't think they ever really go into that about any of the elves. I think I weirdly had a crush on them when I was a kid and I was watching it this time. I'm like, I think that might be a boy. I mean, that doesn't matter. That's fine. But I yeah. just also remember a very specific time where we were watching 
uh, the Mbop video for the first time growing up, and I'm like, that singer is real cute. And everyone yeah. turns like, that's a dude. And I was like, oh no. I mean, again. I mean, now, and it yeah. should have been then, but also, I want you to, this story takes place <laughs> in 1996. Texas. So, yes. Yeah, so 1996, Texas. Anywhere. I know, so, but like, still. And it's all, it wasn't like we were all in college and had like a real worldly sense of view. Mm. We were all, yeah. Uh, Texas middle school football players and I'm like you like a dude and I was like oh no and then I was like this and I was like maybe I had a dude type and I just didn't realize it at the time well, what I like about the main uh, elf of this group is he's got some sass with his he's delivery of lines I, I like all of the like the tone it's, and it's, how he delivers I don't his think lines. it's sass I think it's confidence because he is that like, might be it yeah the, let's say they just because we don't know the gender um, they're like we're your worst nightmare elves with attitude. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And it's like tinsel, <laughs> not just for decorating. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got, got a, a lot real of good. cool thing going on. Anyway, I thought they were really neat. I like those. I always remember that shot where they're running and one of them just kind of comes off the air and does a flip. And it's now you watch it. I can tell, I know how they do it. They've got two like wires. Mm. But to me, the fact that they were running and then it went up like that, I was like, whoa, how did they do yeah. that? And now it's just watching it again. Um, let me see. Did you have a mystery date? game growing up i know you and jeremy used to play no, had, what was it 13 13 dead end drive that's what it is that one is kind of like mousetrap because it takes a long time to set up 13 Without dead end drive yeah it's kind of fun you drop a chandelier on someone and they like flip down the stairs it's fun now i see why you're defending tim <laughs> allen statue falls over <laughs> on fall you. off your roof yeah uh <laughs> i'm trying to remember there's one or two more but uh the other one i had was mall madness I remember Which is not Mall a mystery Madness. date one, but I'm trying to think of a game that like yeah, no. was a similar marketing. Mall Madness Pretty Pretty Princess was another one we played a lot. Mm, the pretty Pretty Princess. Uh, I used to have, again, this is nothing for anything, but Monster Mash. In fact, mom still has that it. one. I don't know. It's this thing where it's like, it's like the top third of a monster, the middle third of a monster, the bottom third of a monster. You hit oh. it and they all flip and it makes a different monster. You've got That's a card cool. for every combination and you've got a, a, like a fly swatter, only it's a hand with a suction cup at the end. And then when you you flip it and then you see and you look around and then first person to hit it and mm. suck it up gets it. Gets the card. And we used to love that game. Just weird gimmicky games, the mystery date game. Yeah. That. And then we talked about each, we talked about the one time during the pandemic we wanted to go get a weenie whistle because the wiener mobile was in town. I know, but there are too many... Well, I didn't want people like, not being safe. It was before yeah. the vaccine. So we saw yeah. it from afar. But yeah, the weenie whistle is kind of a fun thing because, again, Neil's got like these crazed eyes because he's still like in disbelief that it's actually Santa, but now realizes it is Santa. And it's kind of a fun moment. Um, something I'm going to put out there for next year that I thought of, and I especially this, we should have a, a Santa bracket. Oh, yeah. Like the Santa from I like that. Klaus, this Santa, yeah. mm-hmm. like the Santa from Ernest Saves Christmas, like yeah. all the Santas and have a Santa bracket for Christmas. That would be fun. I think Tim Allen's Santa is, it would be, I'd have to look at the rest, but offhand, my, the, 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 I really it's my enjoy choice to win. Tim I, Allen's I think, too. I think we're also both saying this has got to be part of our collection, of our thing for Oh, you. 100%. Yeah. And I do want to check out the show. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I think we need to see the other two so we, because I think it, it probably Follows plays those. off of that, yeah. I've heard there's some really good parts in the second one. I've heard the third one's pretty bad. Um, and then I'm interested to see the show. Uh, yeah. But we both really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming along with us on our our uh, holiday journey. Uh, you know, this year it was mostly Christmas. Like I said, if you've got another holiday, some specials for us, let us know. We've got a very narrow view on this stuff, but we're very interested in having it widened, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I will say that for next, I think we've talked about this, but I'm going to bring it up here. We're going to watch, uh, starting next year, when we come back, we're going to watch one more holiday special. Mm, yes. And that is Rudolph's Shiny New Year, mm-hmm. which half we will have to decide going into, like uh, halfway through, I think we'll be able to decide whether it's a childhood drama <laughs> theater or not. Because it is a very I don't think I've seen it. It's a weird one. It's basically right after this the after Christmas, Father New Year, they've lost the New Year's baby. Okay. And Rudolph has to go save him with I think he, he travels on a whale and they fight a giant vulture. Okay, cool. <laughs> so kinda sounds like your other fever dream Christmas movie. It's not I think more people have watched this. I okay. think because it's also a sequel to Rudolph. So to see what something oh, exists. It, okay. it's, is it the same kind yes, of? Yes, it's Rankin and Bass. Oh, it's, it's, it's a okay. direct. It's it's. I think like I think it's like ten years later they make it Got or something. It. It's, it feels it feels a little more seventies than sixties. Okay. A little more incense, peppermint, do an acid. You know <laughs> okay, stuff like that. It's it. a little weird. So, but yeah. I think it'll be a fun. Uh, there's not a lot of New Year's special, so that'll be fun to do. Mm-hmm. And then you know next month, guys, we're kicking off strong. We're gonna we're gonna get our brandy Cinderella. We're gonna do Pirates of the Caribbean. We're gonna do Jungle Cruise. It's next year. We're gonna finish out Disney. No animated movies mentioned in those three. No, next year is gonna. The, <laughs> well, the first one it's 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 stop motion. So no, I know, I know, and we are gonna finish out Disney in this we'll, next year. We'll have lots more to come. As, as with wrestling cards, subject to change. We'll see if we get those four. <laughs> I feel like every time we're like throwing the gauntlet, like this is what we're gonna do. It is it, it winter gets, and holidays yes. and sickness and all of that, and so that that plays into <laughs> our schedules. Sickness. There's been a lot going on. Hopefully, around. there's not a lot of sickness in your life. Hopefully, you're having a a wonderful and uh, happy calm uh, uh, relaxing nurturing holidays and if you're having none of that the most important thing is make sure you're taking care of yourself yes I hope I hope a, a I hope a, all of that for everyone but if not I hope it finds you if it hasn't found you yet yeah and yeah make sure you're taking care of yourself New Year's is coming we'll see you next year happy holidays from Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries take care listeners Well, children, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Now, if you want to let Tara and Ryan know what you want next year for Christmas, you can send them an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com or call them on the very easy-to-remember hotline, 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. If you want to stay off the naughty list, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean.com, or wherever you hear it. Stay safe and be good, everyone. Happy holidays to all, and to all a good night. Ho, ho, ho!